0: following is a presentation of the Belly Sports Media Network. Hello and welcome in to another edition of College Football Coast to Coast. The offseason is still in effect and we are just counting down the days till spring football. We do have some of the dates uh, for SEC media, media days and some of the other conference media days as well. We also have some dates from whenever Our respective schools will be in their spring games, their spring football games as well. But we're continuing wrapping up the February month. We have the scouting combine just around the corner. And then we're going to start getting pro days as well. So whenever that wraps up, we'll have more of that. But as we continue on with this episode, with our season in review series, we are going to continue looking at each Power 5 conference. Our first episode was the group of five. And then last uh, week, we looked at the ACC. Uh, So this week, we had the Big 12, like Jacob mentioned, on our last show that we are going to be looking at the Big 12. And it's just going to be me today. Uh, Jacob was feeling a little bit under the weather. He's been dealing with a little sinus infection. Uh, So we are expecting him to be on the next episode. Uh, But for now, we hope that he gets better. Uh, That way he can go back into his hosting role duties here on College Football Coast to Coast. Uh, But we want to welcome you into this week's edition of College Football Coast to Coast. We're going to be looking back on the Big 12. We're going to be continuing our season in review series in the conference. And then we also have some breaking news. Not really breaking news, but news that we haven't really looked at in the past couple of weeks. Happened a couple of weeks ago. We'll get into that. Then we also have a top 25, early top 25 release from one of our ESPN reporters, Uh, it's a SP plus top 25 poll. We'll look into that. We'll break down, see if there's any surprises in the top 25 and uh, look at, you know, some teams that we might have be looking our eyes on for, for the 2023 season. And to end off the show, we're going to be doing our weekly question. It's going to be surrounding the big 12 conference and what the big 12 is going to be looking ahead Especially with the new teams coming in, and then with some teams coming out like Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC early on in the conference. So before we get into our season in review series, let's get our knockout, our first sponsor of today's show, and that is Piper Golf. Piper drives with Piper golf balls. You can go on to www.pipergolf.com and then use slash sports scramble tin. Use our code, you get 10% off your order. And the good thing about Piper Golf, is you got some really good quality balls, but at an on tour prize. So if you want to pipe your drives with Piper Golf Balls, that is the place to go right there. All right, let's waste no time. Let's get into our season in review series. Going down to the Central America right here, uh, the Big 12. Uh, the Big 12 Conference uh, definitely had a, l- a lot of surprises uh, with TCU finishing at the top. TCU uh, was able to make it to the Big 12 Championship. They went through an undefeated regular season uh, before ultimately falling to Kansas State in the Big 12 uh, Conference Championship. It was a crazy game. It went into overtime. Kansas State ended up beating the Horn Frogs. But we all know what TCU did. TCU uh, went to the college football playoff. They were the number three seed against number two seed Michigan. They ended up beating Michigan in what was a wild game out west uh, in Glendale, Arizona. It was a high-scoring game. I believe it was like a 52-48 to game. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. Uh, but Max Duggan was definitely the key for TCU's run. And that we also had some surprises as well. We had Kansas get off to a hot start. They got off to a 6-0 and start. They Really, their big win in the first couple of weeks was against a really good Duke team. Uh, Duke was a team that Jake and I were both high on on uh, last week's show uh, when we were looking at the ACC. Duke was one of those teams. Uh, and it was a second-year head coach. They get it to nine wins. They win their bowl game. They beat UCF, which is a team that we'll be talking about uh, once, once we get to our question. Uh, another team, though, that we were looking at was Texas. Texas had a lot of this hype. You know, oh, Texas is back. Texas is back. We get this literally every year. Uh, but this year, you know, we thought going into the season, uh, you get a transfer quarterback with Quinn Ewers. You have your running back there with be John Robinson, one of the best. He was supposed to be one of the best running backs in college football. He ultimately was. I expect him uh, to go be one of the first running backs uh, to go in the 2023 uh, NFL draft whenever that kicks off in late April and then uh, goes into early May. I expect Bijan John Robinson to be the first running back taken off the board. Uh, but uh, really another team that had a lot of surprises uh, was a, another team was Oklahoma. We didn't really know what to expect uh, of this team, especially with Brent Venables. This was his first year. If, if you remember Brent Venables, he started, you know, he started at Oklahoma. He was the defensive coordinator. And then really for the past decade, it seems like uh, he's been the defensive coordinator for Clemson. And then this past offseason, uh, Clemson, uh, you know, decided to change it up. Uh, not only did Tony Elliott leave their offensive coordinator, uh, but Brent Venables decided to go elsewhere. He decided to go back uh, to be the Sooners head coach after Lincoln Riley left. And then also they lost Caleb Williams. So a lot of production loss. Uh, really disappointing season for them. We'll get to them uh, whenever we get to our three bullet points here. And then another team uh, that I was talking about was Oklahoma State. That was a team that a lot of people had high hopes on. And then Baylor was another team that had a lot of high hopes on as well. So that's a little recap of what really happened uh, this year in the Big 12. It was really the the start of the season. The Big 12 was one of the better conferences. But then after, you know, we saw Oklahoma State, Baylor, Texas really fall off, Kansas Fell off at the late uh, end of the season. They pretty much pulled like a Syracuse. They start off the season hot and then really fell off the second half uh, of the year. Uh, but we're going to get into our standout, loser, and most improved. Uh, well, we will we will begin with the most improved team, and that to me is going to be Kansas. I feel like nobody thought that this Kansas team was going to really compete and be in the middle of the pack of the big 12, but they're six and seven overall three and six in the conference. I know that's a little bit disappointing to me three and six in the conference. After really starting the season hot Started off this season, six and zero, oh, had some really good quality wins. Uh, but then they lose the, really their first game that they lost. So uh, it was at home. It was college game day. I believe it was like a top 17 matchup. Kansas at the time was number 17. Uh, TCU was number 15 college game day was there. It was their first time in quite some time, I think, since uh, Kansas was highly ranked in that 2007 season uh, when they went all the way to the Orange Bowl, their Fiesta Bowl. I believe it was that either the 2007 or 2008 season. I can't really put it into my mind. uh, But Kansas went to one of the BCS Bowl games. It was one of the highly ranked Bowl games. I believe uh, they played Missouri in that Big 12 championship game. It was against Chase Daniel and company, uh, but Kansas ended up. Going either to the Orange Bowl or Fiesta Bowl, I have to go back and check which bowl game it is. Uh, but that was really the last year that we saw this Kansas team relevant. I mean, when we really think of Kansas, it's like, you know, this is a basketball school and really football is pretty much their secondary sport. But this year I felt like this was finally the year that we saw Kansas really step into the threshold of, you know, what they could really do in the Big 12. Uh, Lance poll. this is his second year uh, being the Jayhawks uh, head coach. You know, after multiple years of going through several head coaches, you know, including Les Miles, many people thought that you know, you know, Les Miles coming from LSU, what he built in Baton Rouge, winning a national championship in 2007, a lot of people really realized, you know, hey, maybe this is going to be finally their head coach. You know, Les Miles, with you know his multiple stints, you know, he's a Michigan man, going back to Oklahoma State. You know, he has some Big Twelve ties. And, you know the LSU ties as well, but that didn't really happen. That really fell through. Had some you know allegations uh, surrounding around him, uh, but uh Lance Leipold is a really terrific head coach. I know, like I mentioned, it was a, it was a slow start. I was really impressed what I saw from the quarterback position, Jalen Daniels. Uh, Jalen Daniels. I know that we talked about him really early on in the you know the early weeks of the season. Whenever Kansas was undefeated, they're really rolling, uh, but. He suffered that injury, uh, and then Bean had to come in, uh, the backup quarterback. I believe Uh, Jason Bean had to come in. But really after that, like, you know, after that TCU game, go back to that. I mean, this was a raucous environment. This is probably like the one season since that, you know, season uh, that they went back to that BCS Bowl game. We haven't really seen their football stadium really packed. It's it's usually empty. No one really cares about it. You know, the culture – Around Lawrence hasn't been uh, what Kansas and this Kansas program has really uh, lived up to the billing. Uh, But I feel like this year, this was finally the year. I mean, no one picked Kansas to even be close. I know that they finished really third, third uh, last uh, in the Big Twelve. You know, looking back at their schedule, they had a big win uh, to kick off the Big Twelve schedule. They won fifty-five to forty-two against West Virginia. They beat a really good Houston team. Uh, if you remember in our Group of Five show, uh, Houston was really one of our teams that we had winning the American Athletic Conference. But uh, Houston this year didn't really live up to the show. And they got a big win against Duke, had a marginal victory against Iowa State, of uh, 14 to 11. And this is when it really fell out the door. Kansas, uh, they lost to TCU and Oklahoma and Baylor uh, in back to back to back weeks. So that's three straight losses. They were able to bounce back at home against then ranked number eighteen Oklahoma State. They beat them, but then they lost to Texas Tech, Texas, and Kansas State to finish out the season. That really leaves a sour taste in your mouth. But really, the game that leaves a sour taste in your mouth, your Kansas, is the the Liberty Bowl against Arkansas. If y'all remember that game, Arkansas was up. They were up thirty eight to seven. Uh, really thought that Arkansas was just going to blow them out the doors at that rate. But Kansas, uh, what they have done all season, they've been able to bounce back. Jalen Daniels had a really good game. We saw Bean uh, in action in the, the second half and overtime uh, after Daniels uh, suffered a minor injury. He did ultimately come back, though. But in the end, Kansas was able to really get that second half comeback. They weren't able to come back all the way as Arkansas was able to stop them on a two-point conversion as they won 55-53. to 53. But really, from the preseason expectations that I had, they have to be my, my most improved out of all these Big 12 teams. You maybe could have got it uh, to TCU, you know, going from really, you know, historic coach with Gary Patterson. Not the year that they had in mind last year. That's one of the reasons that Gary Patterson decided to step down. He's at Texas. He's at a special assistant uh, to the head coach and Steve Sarkeesian. But now – uh tcu we'll talk about them i'm sure uh, in my standout uh tcu with their first year head coach uh, you know undefeated season no one really had that in mind so kansas though is my most improved i'm sure that jacob would have to agree with that uh no one really saw this kansas team uh finishing at six and seven i know uh six straight wins open up the season uh you were hoping for a little bit more but for kansas aside if you're a kansas fan i know that start to the season uh, was really unexpected. So now let's go to our loser. And I feel like this is the conference uh, that I feel like has a lot of loser candidates. Uh, we saw Texas, they were a highly ranked team. Uh, Baylor was a top 10 team. Oklahoma State was also uh, in the mix uh, for being a top 10 team. I believe they're a top 15 team. Uh, but to me, when it comes down to this, it's either Oklahoma State and Baylor. I know that Jacob, uh, if he was on the show, he would probably pick Baylor. He had Baylor uh, defeating, I believe, Oklahoma State again. Uh, If you remember the two teams played in the 2021 uh, Big 12 championship, uh, Baylor ended up winning that game uh, after stopping Oklahoma state uh, on the two yard line, but going into this year, it's gotta be Oklahoma state for me as my loser. I feel like what this team brought back, I mean, you had Spencer Sanders uh, coming back. I know that she lost the key pieces, including Jerick Bernard Converse uh, to LSU. Uh, That was her star cornerback, but, And you also lose uh, Jim Knowles to Ohio State. I mean, that was one of your identities to defense. I mean, Jim Knowles is known for his defense, one of the best defensive coordinators in college football. But Oklahoma State was my pick to not only win really the regular season, but I had this team really vying for a college football playoff. I feel like their offense was as good as anyone in this conference. My defense is where I had my question marks. I know that with Jim Knowles, uh, that would definitely be a defense uh, that – wasn't really going to be improved, and we saw it really week in and week out. They really couldn't stop anybody, especially the more high power teams in the Big Twelve like TCU, Kansas State, and, and Texas as well. But uh, seven and six uh, overall is not the season that I was expecting uh, for Oklahoma State. You could also say that Baylor as well. You know, Baylor finished the season at six and seven as well. They're a top ten team, former Big Twelve champs. Uh, a lot of people coming back. You know, Dave Aranda is building a really good culture down there in Waco. Uh, They lost uh, a couple of pieces on offense. You know, they lost uh, their star running back in Abram. He went on uh, and was an undrafted uh, free agent going into the NFL. Uh, But for me, it's got to be Oklahoma State. I mean, I feel like every year Oklahoma State is vying at least for one of those top spots in the Big 12. There's always been a consistent Big 12 program. Uh, Under head coach uh, Mike Gundy, but four and five of the conference is completely unacceptable uh, for Oklahoma State. I mean, just looking at their schedule, I mean, they opened their season. They score 58 against Central Michigan, but they also gave up 44. Now, right then and there, I should have known that like the alarm should have went off, like giving up 44 points to Central Michigan. I mean, Central Michigan was a team that we didn't even really talk about in the MAC. It was really Ohio and Toledo. Uh, control in that conference uh, but we should have known from there they got a good win against Arizona State in week two and then from there they got a big win on the road against number 16 Baylor 36 to 25 they got a win against Texas Tech and this is really where it kind of got iffy for them and it was the second half, beginning of the second half of the season they lost to TCU uh, it was a top 13 matchup TCU was number 13 Oklahoma State was now a top 10 team uh, at the time uh, they end up losing a double overtime 43 to 40, and that's where really what uh, that was another game that we could have looked like their defense was definitely alarming in that game. Uh, they did bounce back, they beat Texas the following week. Uh, they then lost to Kansas State, they got absolutely blown out against Kansas State uh, on October 29th, 48 to nothing. I mean, putting up a goose egg against Kansas State, I mean, no. I get it. Kansas State was one of the better defenses in the Big 12, but getting goose egg like that, that's just completely unacceptable. That has to be one of the worst losses by Oklahoma State in their program. And then from there, the wheels fell off. This team just lost their identity. They lost to Kansas the following week. They were able to beat Iowa State, but Iowa State wasn't really that good after losing Brock Purdy and their star running back as well. Uh, with Bree saw That that offense just wasn't clicked in the whole season for the Cyclones. They lost to Oklahoma uh, and their annual Oklahoma State-Oklahoma rivalry at the end of the season. And then they lost to West Virginia and then Wisconsin in the bowl game. So the second half, like Kansas, it was just a completely abysmal season for Oklahoma State, and that is why that they're losers for me, especially with my preseason expectations. Now, if you notice, there's a term with me. Like in the American – like in the group of five, like let's just say the American conference, I had Houston as my loser. And I had Houston – Actually, taking that conference and ultimately Tulane won it. The ACC, if you remember, I had Miami making it to the ACC championship and they were my loser. And then this week, it's pretty much the same deal. Oklahoma State, I had them not only taking the regular season, but also elevating their status uh, to being Big 12 chance. But ultimately, that didn't happen as they finished middle of the pack in the Big 12 conference, seven and six overall, four and five. And they are my loser of the Big 12. All right, we have one more bullet point to get to uh, for our Big 12 season in review, and then we'll get to our some news and then our question uh, of the week here on the show. So my standout for me comes down to two teams. It would be the top two teams right here is TCU and Kansas State. Now, I know that Kansas State ultimately beat TCU in the Big 12 championship, but I feel like my standout has to be TCU. Just really the story for the Horn Frogs. I mean, Max Duggan wasn't even a thought of. Heading into this season, he was buried in the depth chart. I believe he was like the third string quarterback, you know, going into the spring ball, going into fall practice. I mean, he wasn't even the starter going into the first game against Colorado. And then he quickly built up his status and really showed the country what he could do this season. I think he's going to elevate his draft status for sure. in this one, is it going to be a first round draft pick? Probably not a second day draft pick maybe, but I feel like this, his ceiling is probably fourth round. Or third round. I feel like the third round is probably the earliest that I, I would that some of these NFL teams could take Duggan. But the fourth through seventh round feels like uh, the range that Max Duggan uh, could get selected. Uh, but TCU, just looking at their record, thirteen and two, nine and zero in the conference, and pretty much if you go nine and zero in the conference, you really sweep through it. Now this wasn't really a sweep through your conference. I mean, if I know that college football fans listening to this show know what TCU has been through this season hasn't been you know blowout after blowout after blowout I mean this TCU team is built on coming back I mean just look back at that regular season game against Kansas State Kansas State really controlled that game they're up 28 to 10 and then TCU like they always do this season is that they come back they find a way to win it's like this is their identity this season they find a way to win and they would do anything to do that. Now I know that they left a sour taste in all of our mouths in the national championship game, getting absolutely blown out by Georgia's 65 to seven. But really, if you're like, I've mentioned many, many times on the show, a team like TCU is never going to be able to step up like with what Georgia had. I mean, there's so many five-star athletes on Georgia. You know, we saw Jalen Carter on the defensive line, what he did um, and then set some Bennett, what he could do throwing the football, you know, to his, to his star wide receivers. Uh, so it was just an overmatch. Uh, but TCU is my standout. We can also uh, look back on their schedule as well like we did for Oklahoma State, who was our loser, and then Kansas was our most improved. So TCU really got off to a hot start and this one. Uh, they beat a Colorado team. Uh, Colorado team, that wasn't good this season, folks. They were 1-11. One in, one in they got one win, and it was against the FCS team in Week 2. So a uh, 38-13 win on the road in Boulder, uh, both of those teams will actually meet this uh, going into the season, and that's going to raise some stakes. We know that Deion Sanders is now uh, Colorado's head coach. Uh, they beat Tarleton in week two. They beat SMU 42-34. to 34. They pretty much beat everybody. I just want to go to the games that was close. Uh, Kansas 38-31, to 31, that was close. Uh, the double overtime game against Oklahoma State, that was another close one. TCU and Kansas State, like I mentioned, this was the game that Kansas State was up 28-10. to 10. And it was 38 to 28, and that is absolutely shocking. If you're watching that game, I mean, TCU's defense actually shut down Kansas State and Adrian Martinez's offense um, in the second half. Uh, as uh, you know, TCU went on a 28 to nothing uh, run, and they ended up uh, beating uh, Kansas State in that week. They uh, the next week they beat West Virginia by 10 41 to 31. If you remember that game, they actually covered the spread. I believe the spread was like a touchdown. And they threw that late touchdown at the end uh, to, to Quentin Johnston, I believe, uh, to really cover that one. Uh, it was at that moment that TCU was only winning by three. With the touchdown, they get it to 10. And everybody who picked TCU to cover won a little bit of money that week. Uh, and then they beat Texas Tech by 10. They beat Texas. Uh, Texas uh, at the time was number 18. They beat them 17 to 10. The Baylor game was probably the one game that I thought that TCU, this was the moment that I thought that this was going to be the game that TCU falls. If you remember that game, this was pretty much a back-and-forth battle. I mean, both teams was able to move the ball effectively. It was a defensive battle really the whole way. Uh, Baylor takes uh, the late lead. And then TCU, like they did all season, like they did all season, TCU uh, runs on the field. They bring their field goal kicker on with about seven seconds left. And he kicks it right down the middle, and TCU wins 29-28. Uh, and uh, the fans go crazy in the end zone. And then uh, they really beat the doors off of Iowa State 62-14. Uh, they lost to Kansas State in overtime 31-28 to 28, as Kansas State uh, ended up beating the Horn Frogs in the Big 12 championship. And like I mentioned at the start of the show, the, they beat uh, Michigan in the Fiesta Bowl. That was uh, the college football playoff semifinal 51-45. And like I mentioned a couple of minutes ago, they got absolutely blown out 65 to seven in the national championship as Georgia uh, ultimately won the national championship and claimed their throne once again. So, in conclusion, my standout was TCU, loser was Oklahoma State, and most improved was Kansas. If you're listening to the show, if you want to follow along, let me know who your standout, loser, and most improved is also. In the Big 12 conference. So that is another conference down. We only have a few more conferences to go here in our season in review series. At the end of the show, I'll, I'll continue what Jacob does his tradition of telling you all who's going to be the next conference. So definitely stay tuned into that. Don't turn us off quite yet. So that is it for our Big 12 season in review for this show. And now we'll get into our news. And before we get into our news, we have our second sponsor. Of the show, and that is going to be one of our newest sponsors here of the Belly Up Network, and that is SeatGeek. Now, SeatGeek is pretty much the best ticketing app that you can think of. I know that StubHub is also a good ticketing app as well. Uh, but what geek does for you is they color code. They really, uh, the green is good deals, yellow is kind of marginal deals, the red are very bad deals. So definitely stay away from the bad deals. Don't want to get any red orders. What you want to do is strive for the green. That's what gives you the great deal. So what you can do is you can use promo code BellyUpSports for $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek. So you can use this for concerts, you know, go into baseball games, football games, NBA games, whatever you could think of. SeatGeek has all your events, ladies and gentlemen. So use promo code BellyUpSports for $20 off your first purchase using SeatGeek. All right. Let's get into a little bit of our news here. And we're going to start off with uh, what ESPN has released. It's the SP Plus Top 25 poll released for 2023. Now, you're probably wondering, if we're listening to the show, what exactly is the SP Plus Top 25 poll? Well, I have it right here, pulling it from uh, ESPN's article. So, Bill Connelly, he does this pretty much every year uh, during the offseason. I mean, in the offseason, this is whenever all these you know, reporters, journalists, they either have you know way too early top twenty-five polls. Uh, we have you know the odds for who can win the national championship next year, and then we also have these type of polls of you know what teams are bringing back the most production heading into the twenty twenty-three season. So as Bill Connolly notes, SP Plus is a predictive measure of the most sustainable and predictable aspects of football. It's not a resume. It's not a ranking. And along those same lines, these predictions aren't intended to be a guess at what the AP Top 25 will look at, at the end of the year. So pretty much there's three factors going into this Top 20 poll, uh, Top 25 poll is returning production, recent recruiting, and also re- recent history. So not only looks at what you're bringing back, also looks at how you're doing in the recruiting, both in you know the early signing day period in the December, and also the main – well, not really it hasn't – the main anymore. Like the recruiting is really, you know, that first one in December, that's where most of your most of the kids coming out of high school, that's where they sign. And then February is when you pretty much hammered and locked down uh your 2023 class or whatever it is. And then your recent history, how did you do last season? How have you done in the past, you know, five season. But mostly they tried to look at last season as well. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna go down the top 25 list. And we're going to give uh, some surprises and maybe some of our early, you know, picks of who can take home the crown and defeat Georgia because Georgia is the top dog right now with their back to back national chance. But they are losing a lot of production going into next season. But as always, they always reload. So, number 25 is Wisconsin. Now, Wisconsin is going to be one of the more underrated teams here uh, in the Big Ten. We'll definitely look at that once we get to the Big Ten in the season in review. But one of their big uh, gets this all season uh, was Luke Fickle. Luke Fickle is now their head coach. Number 24 is Kentucky. We'll just go through this and then I'll talk about it afterwards. Uh, number 23 is Mississippi State. So there's another SEC team. Uh, number 22 is Kansas State. Number 21 is UCLA. Number 20 is Florida. 19, we have TCU. Uh, this is a team that we just talked about uh, coming off of a national championship appearance, national runner-ups. Number 18, you have Ole Miss. 17 is Texas A&M. 16 is Washington. 15 is Notre Dame. 14 is the Oklahoma Sooners. 13, Utah. 12 is Clemson. 11 is Florida State. Now, that's definitely interesting to me. I feel like Florida State would have been higher. Uh, So once we get into the top 10, but this is my surprise. Is Florida State being this low at number 11? And uh, I mean, I know that Florida State hasn't been that great, you know, at the recruiting cycle. You know, I feel like their recent history, if they're looking back maybe two or three years ago, then I get why they're number 11. But folks, if you haven't looked at what Florida State's bringing back, they're going to be one of the top 10 teams in the country. We'll obviously know more about them in week one when they face off against LSU. LSU is probably going to be a team. As well, that's going to be a top 10 matchup. It's going to be, you know, that Florida State LSU game in week one. That's going to be the game, really, that a lot of people are going to be looking at. But that's definitely surprising me out of all the top 25 so far as Florida State really being so low at number 11. Then we finish off uh, with the top 10 here in the top 25 poll. You have uh, USC at number 10, Texas is number nine. So, and once again, Texas is getting a lot of hype, not only in the way too early poll. Uh, that we were looking at a couple of weeks ago, but also the SP Plus poll as well. You have number eight, Oregon. Number seven, you have LSU. Six, you have Tennessee. Five is Penn State. Four is Alabama. You have three, Michigan, two Ohio State, and obviously the defending national champs for the two uh, previous seasons uh, is the Georgia Bulldogs. So that is your top 25 poll. SP Plus prediction, if you want to look more in depth on that, you can find it on ESPN. Just look up SP Plus top 25 poll. uh, It's going to be by Bill Connolly. And he officially released that for the 2023 season. Uh, That will be kicking off uh, late August, early September. All right. So that is our first news bite. Now we'll get into our second news bite. Now, this one isn't really breaking news. We've really known about this. Uh, I know that we uh, really reached on it on, on uh, last time that we were we were doing the show uh, looking at uh, the ACC uh, but Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC in 2024 20, is now official. Uh, now we were looking at this last time. it was really the opposite headline. I mean it really stated that Texas and Oklahoma and the big 12 weren't really getting along getting in agreement. you know it was starting to feel like 2025 was gonna be the year. but all of a sudden, all of a sudden, they're like, "Nope, you're gone." In 2024, Texas and Oklahoma they agreed uh, to a hundred million dollar agreement. I believe that both teams will not will have to pay a hundred million to the Big Twelve in order to leave, since you know the Big Twelve really doesn't have their own network like the ACC network and SEC network that we're seeing. But if this is where it really gets down and boggled down, that not only does like all these athletic directors and the commissioner of these conferences, not only look at like the matchups on the field, they really care about the money makers and really what's going to make the money is the network. So SEC, we've known that they have been the SEC on CBS. Well, that's going to be changing here quite soon. Uh, The big 10 that is, you know, we know that the big 10 is Fox. They have the big 10 network. The ACC, they have the ACC network, and then ESP and ABC. The Big 12 has Fox, and then, you know, Texas has their Longhorn network. Uh, and then we've seen, you know, the Pac-12, they have their Pac-12 network, and then Fox as well. Well, that's going to change now that Texas and Oklahoma is joining the SEC in 2024, and that's what's really been bogging down this agreement between the two schools and also the two conferences as well, to really buy their way out of the conference, uh, so uh, so, how this is going to work is that Fox, we know, is that it's the Big 12. You know, they love the, their big noon kickoffs. You know, it's mainly been the Big 10, but it's also been sometimes uh, the Big 12. You know, we've seen, like, TCU, we've seen uh, the, uh, them have the Texas-Alabama game. So that's really what bogged them down of that either joining 2025 and 2024. But, really, the big news that I want to get to is how the conference schedule is going to line up. So, what the talks of uh, of the SEC is, is that they're going to scrap the division, so there's not going to be any Western division or Eastern division that we've seen for pretty much ever since the SEC has been in the entirety uh, of its uh, really existence uh, since, you know, the 1990s and, you know, whenever South Carolina joined in, Texas A&M and Missouri joined in 2012. But now the SEC, uh, you know, whenever Texas and Oklahoma joins uh, the conference officially in 2024 – is that the conference is going to go to a nine conference game schedule. So we know how it is, you know, now I'll just give an example. You know, it's a 12 game schedule. I believe you have like four out of conference uh, games. It's either four or five and then your rest is your conference schedule. So they really kind of toyed with this in the COVID season. If you remember the COVID season, it was a shortened, shortened season. It was a 10 game all conference schedule They kind of want to do it like that, but it's going to be a nine-game conference schedule. Now, it's broke down even more than that. Uh, So you're definitely going to want to listen to this. You know, if you're a fan of Texas and Oklahoma and you're a fan of the SEC. Uh, But what this is going to do is it's going to be a 3-6 conference schedule. Now, the three is going to be your three permanent conference opponents. And the six is going to be your six other conference opponents. Now, the six is going to be random. And obviously the three is going to be random as well. But what the SEC is trying to do is that they are going to tr- first try to protect the rivalry game. So they're going to try and protect the Iron Bowl. They're going to try to protect the Egg Bowl, you know, the Florida-Georgia game. And, and you know, several others. You know, several others can be in jeopardy. Do we see, you know, the battle for the Golden Boot? Do we see, you know, uh, you know the Arkansas-Missouri rivalry? I feel like some of those games are not as a lock, but I feel like the Iron Bowl, Florida, Georgia, and the um, Egg Bowl is probably your three locks. Now, also Texas and Oklahoma, the the Red River robbery game, that is also going to be a lock as well. But not only is the three going to be the three conference, um, you know, the three conference opponents, not only are they going to try to protect, really, the annual robbery games, but how it's going to work is that two of your opponents will – quote unquote be top tier opponents. So you know that's going to be your Alabama. You're going to be your Georgias of the world. And then your remaining one SEC conference game will be kind of that lower tier of the SEC. So that right now would probably be Vanderbilt, maybe a Missouri, maybe you know Mississippi State. I don't know how they, that 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 really would rank that. That's really the question that I have. I don't know how that they would rank that. You know who like, what teams would be on the lower tier? I know, like, for a fact, who's on the top tier. That's, you know, Alabama, Georgia. I feel like that's, you know, really the same. Then you have, like, your middle-level tiers. You have, like, LSU. You have Florida, Tennessee teams like that. You have, like, South Carolina. All that as well. So, that can really decipher that as well. Uh, but that's really going to be their conference schedule. That's what they're really trying to go for. So, it's kind of be like a pod system. It's not going to be any divisions. I think that the SEC – Uh, We probably should have just saved this for the the SEC, but I feel like this also kind of ties in with the big 12 as well. So this is some big news going to 2024. I feel like, uh, you know, we're going to know more about this. Uh, They're had their spring meetings uh, coming up uh, in Destin. So maybe they go ahead and knock that out, uh, you know, and whenever we have that conference schedule, we would definitely uh, be known. Uh, We did a couple of that. Uh, We, uh, Did that on last night's show uh, on the Sports Scramble. That'll be out on on Tuesday. So definitely be listening to that. Uh, We predicted uh, some of the teams, but not all the teams. So that is your second news piece of the show. And now let's get into our final sponsor here of the show. And that is going to be Fanatics. Now, if you want your gear, I know that the football season isn't over. But March Madness is coming up. Here in a couple of weeks. So get your March Madness gear, your conference tournament gear, whenever it comes to time. So this is kind of the off-season. You know, we had the XFL kicking off this past weekend, so it's kind of a dead period. We had college baseball uh, kicking off this past weekend. But if you want your gear, use our Fanatics link to support your sports teams. Now it's fanatics.93in6tx.net slash Scramble. Go ahead and uh, support your sports Support not only support your sports teams, but also support your favorite sports podcast. College football, coast to coast. All right, let's uh, knock out the question of the week. And since we're looking at the Big Twelve this week, it does uh, surround around the Big Twelve conference. Now, the question that I have for you, and also for myself as well, is which new Big Twelve school will make the most noise this season? Now, I know that we just talked about Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC, but there's going to be some teams joining the Big 12, and that will be effective going into this Big 12 season in 2023. So we're going to see a new and improved uh, Big 12 uh, conference. So the Oklahoma's and Texas's of the world will have to compete with the likes of these new teams in 2023 before uh, shifting gears to the Southeastern Conference uh, in the new year of 2024. But uh, the, the new Big 12 schools are all from the American Conference, and yeah, have one independent. So it's going to be Houston. Cincinnati, UCF, and then you also have BYU. So you have three American schools, UCF and Cincinnati, and then you also have one independent is BYU. So that is your four teams that will be joining the Big 12. And the question is, which new Big 12 school will make the most noise this season? I feel like, you know, Cincinnati, I'm going to automatically cancel them out. You know, if a new head coach, I don't know how they're they're really going to look without Luke Fickle. I know that they lost a lot. You know, they lost Desmond Ritter. I know that this is like two seasons ago. Uh, but their offense, uh, you know, got off to a slow start. They were still a pretty good uh, team in the American Conference. You know, BYU was another team that started off hot. They had a really rough stretch. I mean, they played Baylor and Oregon in, in back-to-back weeks. Uh, they ended up beating Baylor, but they couldn't uh, beat Oregon. And after that game, they really fell off. Uh, uh, wasn't really the season that they were hoping for. Uh, UCF uh, was a was a team that we had some question marks, you know, uh, with uh, a new quarterback in place, John Ross Plummy. You lose uh, Dylan Gabriel uh, to Oklahoma. Uh, then you have um, uh, Houston is another team that we had a lot of high hopes for. So going into this season, I feel like that UCF is going to be the team to make the most noise this season. I just feel like there's something with this team. I know that this is a team that we've talked about all season, that they're up and down. They win big games. You know, they had that big win against Tulane in the middle of the season. They put up 70 on an opponent. Uh, they had some really quality team, uh, good wins, but also had some really bad losses. They really left a bad taste in my mouth at the end of the season, losing 31-14 to, to Duke. Uh, but I just feel like this UCF team – is just like they have the offense in place to really do good things in the Big 12. Now I'm saying I'm not saying that one of these teams is going to win the Big 12. There's no absolutely way that would be like one of the greater stories that we've seen in college football. But to make the most noise, I feel like UCF is going to be one of those teams that we're looking at maybe like a seven and five, eight and four season in the Big 12. I feel like they could compete with the, the bottom tiers like the West Virginias. Maybe they get a win against Kansas or so what they're bringing back. Iowa State's probably not going to be good uh, anymore, but. I think that BYU is definitely a wild card. I know that they're losing Jaron Hall, though, so that's definitely a big blow for them. They're losing some key pieces on the defensive side. But UCF to me has always been that team. You know, UCF that 2017 year when they when they thought that they were the national champions. Uh, they you know they beat Auburn in the Peach Bowl. They were claiming the national championship. But UCF has always been one of the more consistent programs out of the four. You know, Houston has had their years, BYU has had their years, Cincinnati was really that school that we thought was going to become that, but with Luke Fickle uh, going out the door, uh, you know, if a new head coach, you just don't know. It's a great head coach, they hired a really good coach, uh, but you just don't know how that's going to pay off. I mean, I don't know if you're going to have like a sunny dyke store with a first year head coach make the national championship, but out of those four, I would say UCF has the most opportunity to make the most noise uh, in the Big 12. But before we end the show, we do have one more sponsor to get to, and that is Yeti. Uh, Yeti is definitely a good company. Definitely use them uh, every day whenever I go to the gym. Uh, Yeti offers free shipping on orders of 50 bucks or more. You can stock up on coolers, drinkware, and luggage, durable enough for any adventure. So head on over to Yeti, us.pxf.io slash scramble. Head on over there to get some of your coolers drinkware and luggage for your next trip that's going to be it for us on college football coast to coast you can catch sports scramble on sunday night we recorded on sunday night but it's released on tuesday morning we usually try to get that out on tuesday morning sports scramble you can find that anywhere you listen to your podcast and also we're on youtube and tiktok as well so definitely subscribe to our youtube channel and also follow us on tiktok for some great content we just had a phenomenal interview with the Brothers Brand Podcast. If you want to listen to that, it's our last episode. Really fantastic, in- interesting stories. Uh, if you're a sports fan, you definitely have to tune into that. Here on College Football Coast Coast on Monday afternoon, uh, it's really going to fluctuate in the offseason. Uh, Jacob's uh, really busy with work. I'm busy with work as well. And then SEC Talk on Tuesday night will be returning at the start of March. We're going to be looking at the SEC Conference Tournament, both for the men's and women's. And then we'll also be doing our annual March Madness show. So SEC Talk will be ramping up here uh, in the spring months. Uh, but that'll be it for College Football Coast Coast. Thank you for everyone tuning in to this week's show. And next week, the next conference we'll get to, we'll go from one big to the other. We're going to be looking at the Big Ten as we continue our season and review series here on College Football Coast to Coast. The Big Ten will be next. Hope everyone has a great rest of your week, and we will see you here next time on College Football Coast to Coast. Enjoy your week.